0: By the way, who the fuck is this Mark Mylock guy? What the (laughs) hell is he doing in my place? But he's got a camera crew, so I don't care.
1: (laughs) That's actually a great idea. Don't show up at my house, though, unless you know I'm wearing pants.
0: Welcome to The Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast dedicated to a topic from the whiskey world, and we tend to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock, the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. This week's whiskey topic is whiskey context, and we get to it eventually. So Jamie, you've been uh, dreading recording this podcast today.
1: Yes, I have. (laughs) I'm like not... I have a hangover, and I didn't want to drink anything. I just, I don't even want to look at it. I didn't want to smell it. i just not, I feel like it's not fair to the people in Knob Creek that make this delicious single barrel that I'm going to drink it on this day. I'm going to drink it again because I think it deserves another go around but as we always do drink something i think that um of course i pick 120 proof like i, I was
0: going to say you do not pick a very light drink you're looking no. at 60% alcohol right there is this um,
1: punishment am i punishing myself i think i'm punishing myself i think this is like a like a kind of punishing myself like you idiot you overserved yourself last night and okay like let's see how you deal with today
0: <laughs> but but you're past you've passed the hair to dog test that we've established i think this is like you know a great rule that you said if you can pour yourself the drink on your own then then you might be able to do the hair to dog so you <laughs> you did you are passing the test i mean Excellent. you've got skype up and running you, you, i do you're i'm sitting
1: you're, upright
0: you're sitting upright so it's a perfect time for a drink yeah oh god oh
1: Oh, I'm so dreading it. I'm so dreading this right now. On
0: on, on Twitter all morning, I've been getting Jamie's (laughs) tweets. She's like, Mark is making me drink whiskey this afternoon. I hate Mark because he's making me drink. Mark, I don't want to drink any more whiskey.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to get out of it. I'm such a baby. And, like, Mark's making me drink whiskey at one thirty. everybody. Feel bad for me. <laughs> I mean, it's good whiskey. I really like this one. I really like it. It's Knob Creek, single barrel, like I said. Um, nine years. It's 120 proof, so I hope this will cure what ails me. But I guess this sort of, like, brings up a good topic of conversation, which is the inevitable over yourself by accident or being over you know, on a... Crawl to whiskey bars around the city, um, and w- like, what? What do you? So, what's your? First of all, what do you do to avoid the hangover? And then, second of all, how do you manage it the next day? Because I feel like I get completely, like, I'm done. I I can't live with a hangover. I'm so dramatic. I can't cope with anything like I cry I get so emotional it's like a whole thing and I feel like you are whenever you've been like I have a hangover I'm like I can't even tell you seem fine like you're not curled up in a ball crying like they hit me so hard so I would like to know what Mark Bylock does to keep to keep himself from being a total wreck.
0: Well I mean I think first of all it's like the whole uh, practice from being poisoned if you drink a little bit of whiskey every day the times that you overdrink your your body's like adjusted to the poison that that's probably one thing but I would say my um my big thing is um yeah, I, I, you have to go to the bathroom, right? Like, this is one of the things, like, in the middle of the night, if you have to go to the bathroom, you, you're going to get up. So my thing is I drink a ton of water, and I know that's, like, an obvious thing, but I, I try to drink a ton of water either before I leave the bar or when I get home because I know that in two or three hours I will wake up, and when I wake up, I'll still be, you know, I'll still be a little buzzed, I'll still be a little happy, but... Um, when I get up, go to the bathroom, I drink more water afterwards. I mean, this is, like, terribly embarrassing to say, but this is basically my thing. And I usually wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, again, because uh, I don't sleep very well. And then I'll go to the uh, bathroom and have an Aleve, because that's, that's – uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but that really is my hangover cure. I'll have a, a pop a pill of Aleve, go back to sleep. Um, and yeah, and then usually I wake up and, um, you know, the leaf has settled in. And, you know, I mean, like, I think, you know, part of the problem is uh, dehydration. And, um, and, and the biggest thing is when you, when you have a lot of sugary drinks, it's a, it's a big deal. So, like, for me, it's a lot of cocktails typically. If I have a lot of cocktails, um, that doesn't make me feel good the next day. If I have whiskey, I'm usually okay the next day. Now, you were, you were mixing, uh, uh, Jamie. You were, you were like, this is, you know. This is
1: where I fall down. This is where I fall down. It's I, because
0: we don't have all not not all of our friends are all whiskey friends. We have wine friends, so we have to drink wine with our wine friends. Is that that that's what I'm blaming it on? The yes, wine friends.
1: So wine friends, or just me opening a bottle of wine. I mean, here's the thing: is I. It's so funny. I have it in my head now that because I'm drinking whiskey, I can just like tolerate wine. I but then I go volume. Like this is not probably the best way to go about it. Like, I go for it. So, because I'm like, well, I drink whiskey. Like, I should be able to handle, you know, a couple glasses of wine. And it's totally different. It's to, and then I had – oh, uh, God. And then I had a glass of um, Valveni before I went to bed and I shouldn't have. You know when you're like, I wish I just had not had that yeah. last one. That last one was the one that, that put me over the edge. That was the one. Like oh no! Bad. I know that
0: feeling. Yeah, I know that feeling. You, you, you were like, you were ah, I'm feeling good. I'll just have one more, and then you're like, oh,
1: oh. could have coped if I hadn't.
0: But but yes, you raise a great you raise a great point. I mean, uh, drinking beer or wine uh, because of the sugar levels, uh, you're so much more likely to dehydrate, which means your brain's likely not to have. I mean, this is a scary thing. I mean, you overdrink, your brain doesn't have enough water, and it hurts. That
1: is insane. <laughs> That's like that is terrifying. Isn't that the terrifying? Of that is terrifying. <laughs> oh no, my brain is like stuck to the inside of my skull. Like it's like shriveled and sad, and and it 's really actually terrifying
0: now the good news is your brain's pretty good it 's very you know versatile it, it, it can deal with a lot of damage but but it, it is a scary thought that 's why um yeah and, you know and t- to be fair uh drinking a bazillion um, drinking a lot of water isn 't going to automatically hydrate your body right the, i mean your body 's still um, still processing alcohol, still not gonna. Again, we're not doctors. We've covered this before. We're but not d- doctors. Just in case.
1: Just drink. But well, you know, have you ever
0: had doctor friends that, um, and they would, you know, that went to university and their cure was whenever they drank a lot, they just literally plugged IVs of water in, into the veins? I've never heard that. Oh, no. I've heard this from a uh, from few doctors from different groups of people. So this isn't like the same group of friends that did this. This is like basically, if you're a med student, what you do is you drink like. Like a silly person, and then as many people do in college universities, and then you plug an IV. <laughs> the soberest person in the group basically starts plugging IVs before everybody goes to bed. Wow! <laughs> or in the morning in the dorm.
1: Wow, <laughs> that is commitment. Well, it's also that is commitment.
0: it's also a perfect hangover cure, right? Because you're of you're the whole problem. Even if we drink water, is your liver isn't necessarily you know processing that water well, uh, but when you Directly injected into your vein, you're good. By the way, not doctors don't recommend this. Please don't do this at home. Don't, don't do try that. This. Please, for love of don't God. don't
1: inject anything in your body. My
0: goodness. Yes, so that's so. But yeah, I mean, like sugar is is a killer with this, right? So
1: that's why that's why I feel so crummy today. Because you could that's literally why.
0: have like four whiskeys and be like, okay, I'm not feeling great, but feeling okay. But then you have you know four, five, six glasses of wine, and now you're you're just boom, you're you're out. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah i mean usually what i'll do if i have a hangover and i don't have to be a person i can kind of get through the day by having a breakfast sandwich which i always do i take advil that's just me um and then i i always crave um coke Mm. like diet coke when i'm hungover i don't know it's Some of it, I think, is the sugar and some of it is the fizzy and it's 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 good for my stomach. And so and then I'll have all that and just feed and just drown myself in water. And then I'll take like a two hour nap Mm -hmm. and then I will get up and then I will be I'll be a person again. I'll be able to cope. I won't like burst into tears by like stub my toe or something like that, which is yeah. It's I literally when I'm hungover, I'm an emotional wreck. Too. It's a whole body thing. It's, I'm, I am like worried. I'm anxious and, and tired and my stomach hurts and my head hurts. Like, it's such a miserable thing. It's a wonder I drink it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I do think, I, I do think, honestly, the, not sleeping all the way through the night helps. I, I find that if I ever actually sleep that seven hours through the night and wake up the next day, it's too late. That hangover has mm. hit. Um, you, you, if you wake up, and the only way to make yourself wake up is really just to drink lots of water so that you, you, you get up. So that way you have like this opportunity to gauge yourself. Okay, it's 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. How am I feeling? Wow. More water. Wake up again at 6 a.m. Oh, I feel the hangover coming on. Let's take a pain pill now. Let's just and, and you know to be fair, not only uh, like um, you know uh, pain pills, but also anti-inflammatory pills are very helpful, right? Because I mean, you, you've got inflammation. Your, your liver's upset. Your brain's upset. Your body's generally just not in a happy spot. Um, you know, but I. But yeah, we just generally avoid drinking that much. Is a great <laughs> yeah. advice, but it's it's. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was had this conversation with somebody else. We we've become such social drinkers. Um, and you know, like today, it feels like I I don't hang out with friends unless we're drinking, and usually it's how many rounds of drinks are we hanging out for? Uh, versus um, you know, versus just kind of hanging out. And it's kind of weird. Great. I mean, that's weird. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe this made this a problem that you know we we have socially, right? And living in a, in a in a bigger city, maybe this is an issue for us. But um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Oh, man I, I read somewhere that if you eat a banana before you go to bed like when you're um, if you had if you have had too much to drink and right before you go to bed you like drink a whole thing of water and eat a banana so okay that makes sense there you go I mean if you want to tweet us your um, hangover remedies feel free uh, at this point it's gonna be a long time before I get I, I get hung again it's Honestly, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't cope with life. I just I can't. I'm a total mess. Like I'm just I'm just so out of it. So, I would say that if you want to tweet us your your hangover remedies eventually one day, I'll get around to trying them. <laughs> Hopefully not anytime soon. I was going to say
0: <laughs> I think I, your last hangover was probably like episode 8 or 9 of the podcast. Oh no. <laughs>
1: Oh no! I was like, I never get hungover. That has not been true of late.
0: You know, I uh, the key, uh, I drink just drink whiskey. Yeah, I know. You're out with your wine friends. You know, just serve them wine. Open them a bottle of wine. Order wine for for them, but just have whiskey for yourself.
1: Yeah, I know. It's true. Ugh. I also, I don't think I ate enough yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's another big deal that's another big deal i find you can sometimes if i have like a day where i'm i just eat a lot or eat consistently i uh, i can have two drinks which is like if i have two drinks that's something it's one drink is fi- like 100% no problem
0: mm-hmm.
1: two drinks is something um and i uh, i can have two drinks and feel like i've had one drink but it all depends on, like, I don't think I ate enough yesterday. I think I ate too late in the process. Yeah. Dinner came. Oh, guys, that's my landline. They're, Sorry, that's my actual. I have a landline. Wow. You know, Still. I'm humiliated. Oh, that's pretty <laughs>
0: embarrassing. I mean, really, who has a landline anymore?
1: I know. Who has a landline? Me. And it's ringing right now. It's not. I never pick it up because it's always telemarketers. And you have cable like as well. Line. You
0: have a Rogers person coming in today as well. Like, you have cable and a, a landline?
1: Uh-huh. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wait. You don't have cable. Oh, I haven't
0: had cable for years.
1: Oh, fancy, fancy. I just no. I've got cable. Like my PBR got taken. away. I'm so bummed. My PBR got taken away because it died, oh. and it had like two years worth of some of my favorite stuff, sta- like stashed away on it. So I'm I'm kind of bummed. Like all these like Jamie Oliver Christmas specials and stuff. Nine hundred two one zero. Unfortunately, no, but Laguna Beach and the Hills and you know, Bridesmaids. What about
0: Meet the Kardashians? Anything? No. No, really? No,
1: I, I uh <laughs> I'm not a Kardashians fan, but oh. I do like murder shows.
0: Oh, um, you're one of those which is,
1: uh, kinda trashy as well, which but I love. Oh, do you yeah. watch that How so- To
0: Murder Your Spouse show?
1: Uh I like to watch the true crime ones okay. that are like like basically like a murderer in your house. Like those ones where the wife doesn't know her husband's a serial murderer or something like that and it all comes out very dramatically. They're mostly on like the Oprah network um and they have really bad dramatizations in them, but I they're Yeah, that's so weird. A buddy
0: of mine always goes to me. He's like, "Mark, my wife, she keeps watching these shows. She keeps going on. She's like, she's like, how to murder your husband? How to murder your husband get away with it? Like these are the titles of the shows she's listening to. Should I be worried? I'm like, ah, you know, you're you're you know, probably not. You're not that nice to your wife. Uh, Maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe you should be. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, these aren't like how to. These are like the craziest shows. Like. guys living double lives, women, you know, like, black widow women going and murdering all their husbands and stuff, and basically, they're pretty terrible. That's, that's very dramatic. So dramatic. And uh, so, yeah, I had a couple of those on there that I hadn't got to watch. Oh, and Police Academy 3. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer to lose that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I, um, I just... Have like an Apple TV and something called a Boxy Box, and shows. Hmm. Just I don't know. I, I the only thing I, I don't. Well, I have a, I have a HD antenna as well, so I can live watch live sports if they are on the. And major the antenna networks.
1: sounds way more way more older school than cable. When you said I have an HD antenna, to me, I'm like, Mark, you got to get with the time. No,
0: I know. But you know what? It's HD. It's all like, it's all 1080 P, whatever the better one is. Like, it's good. It's good. Um, But I I rarely watch TV. I I watch Survivor, uh, the finale on Wednesday. Um and that
1: show's still on?
0: It, oh it is. I love I love Survivor. That's Survivor's great. Um and and I watched it live cuz I didn't want to wait till the next day. And I I was I was dying every commercial. I'm like, how do people do this with commercial breaks? How is this possible?
1: So funny. It took me 3 so hours funny. to watch a
0: 3 hour show. Normally it's like an hour and a half. Come on.
1: I know. It's true. It's true. Um and we I mean, do you watch Mad Men?
0: No, I mean I do, but i 'm stopped at a certain season i got to catch up right. again yeah
1: well, I mean I, I think it would be it would be bad of us to neglect the fact that we should probably you know thank the creators of Mad Men for this cocktail revolution that we've enjoyed so much because Mad Men really sort of brought in uh, Old fashioned again, yeah, and made you know, and Don Draper is drinking Canadian Club, and so I think that we could just like pour one out for Mad Men because that is gonna be a that's a bummer of, of a, a a show being over. I love that show.
0: Yeah, I, I need to I need to catch up with it. I mean, uh, uh, Don Draper became such a a hole at a certain season that I just oh he's despicable. Yeah, me. and and I and I liked that show for him and. Uh, when he, you know, I think what did it for me is when he married the, and I don't remember her name, but the the actress from Quebec when uh, she started playing his wife, and then he just started like getting jealous because you know she was doing commercials or TV shows or something, and and he wasn't supporting her career, and it it just it was just a low bar for me. I mean, at this point, I'm like, so you're cheating on your wife, and you're not able to handle the fact that guys are looking at her, and she's acting. in. I just, I just, I don't know. It was just, for me, it was like beyond what I was able to take in, at that time. But I, I need to pick it up again. I mean, I, I, I love the show. I think it, they did a great job. Um, it was just, there's this transition period where the female characters and I'm, I'm going to sound terrible saying this, but the female characters weren't interesting enough for me. Uh, not relatable enough, I guess, better way to say I, I couldn't relate to them as well. And I, I, Disliked all the male characters, and it was just a point where I was like, Wow,
1: so you, you just basically started hating the show, yeah.
0: And you know, I mean, the, the female characters are great, and everyone else, yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, her pro uh, his protege, uh, what, what was her name, um, Peggy Peggy, uh, Peggy started becoming a bit of an a hole as well. And she was turning into, and I'm like, Oh, I, I always love Peggy, and I'm like, Oh, now she's just turning into a mini Dawn Draper, so. That's great. Um,
1: you you will think the same thing when you watch it all over again. Ah. But it's worth. But it's worth. I'm telling you right now, stick with it, even if you kind of hate them a little bit. And because you're not always supposed to like them, I think they're super complicated, and mm-hmm. they all, which is part of the reason why the show is so phenomenal, is that sometimes you know you can like a character but hate what they're doing, or root for them but kind of like Don Draper has always been a. Dis- character. He is a horrible he he's just not a good guy and hadn't been um mm-hmm. right from the beginning and uh, you still root for him for you just do. He there's just, you know, and I think, you know, he, the character was so brilliantly done. Um you you're cheering for him to figure it out okay. so badly and just to get it in even though like he really does piss you right off like you are just like mm, you just i want to punch you in the face i know exactly what you're talking about when you're like i don't like him because there was a point where i said the same thing to Trent and i was just like i can't stand this i can't i can't he's making me infuriated but if you stick with it there's stuff comes up after it and it goes you know up and down and all over the place totally worth it Get back in there. All right.
0: No, it makes sense. I mean, because I, 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 you know, loved Breaking Bad and, you know, certainly, um, well, I, I was going to say Breaking Bad always had, you know, one of the two main characters was on a redeeming cycle, right? So it was either uh, Jesse was just doing really terrible things. At least Jesse was always funny. Or, but you always have one of the two characters kind of on an upward trend and other one on a downward trend. So you kind of balance it out. But you're, you're right. I, I, I mean... That a great show. I've heard so. I continue to hear great things about the later seasons, and I just need to uh, uh, figure out where I left off and, uh, and go back to watching it,
1: or just watch it again from the beginning. That's what we're doing. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I like this. I heard you open your bottle. What do? You, what bottle are you opening? What's happening? Oh, so
0: I. So this is what I've been doing of lately. Um, a little inside inside world to whiskey writer. Um, I've been drinking a lot of bourbons for the past year. Uh, mostly because you know, uh, went to Kentucky uh, a couple of times in the last couple of years, um, and and really it's just been like you know we've talked about before a very exciting time for for bourbon and a lot of great products are coming out and it's just really very flavorful and excellent whiskeys coming out of uh, Kentucky and, and the rest of the U.S. Um, and I felt like you know what I need to um, I need to readjust my palate a little bit because I felt like I was starting to be affected by all the bourbon I was drinking. So, I've been uh, I've been going back to basics, going back to single malt scotches and drinking a lot of uh, ten, twelve, up to fifteen year old single malt scotches and getting uh, very, um, you know, kind of getting back to the roots of single malt scotch. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey. I, I've been uh, right now I'm drinking uh, a, a beautiful scotch, um, highly. Um, I would say underappreciated generally. Um, it's the Dalwini 15-year-old. It's a Diageo product. You know, we we talk a lot about Diageo. We kind of bash Diageo for, you know, being a big commercial enterprise for, that's just, you know, capitalizing on a lot of whiskey and taking orphan barrels and redistributing them, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but they really do make – they do really own fantastic distilleries. And the Dalwini 15 is uh, what – I, you know, I'm trying to get back to this, like, what is an ideal single malt scotch? And Double 15 has, it's what I would call a very, it's been frequently called a honey malt. It's, if you look at a very silky, s- silky, I don't want to use the word smooth, uh, If I use a very silky, uh, sil- silky single malt scotch that's just got a nice layer of honey sweetness. Um, and it's got a little bit of, it's a, it's a slightly older whiskey, so it's got a little of that spiciness, a lot of character to it, uh, draws out a lot of different flavors. Um, And it's really, um, it's still a subtle drink like a lot of single malt scotches are, but it it is a beautiful, beautiful drink. And it's pretty much available everywhere. You can buy it anywhere. Uh, It's available at many restaurants. Um, It's not that expensive for a 15-year-old whiskey. Um, And, you know, it's a very kind of... Highland, uh, it's a it's a Highland Scotch uh, located in a very in, in a high, it's literally located at one of the one of the highest distilleries in Scotland, um, but it just has a lot of these beautiful characteristics that you know almost characteristics you find in a coastal uh, coastal Scotch with a little bit of saltiness and. Um, it has a lot of these kind of broader characteristics that I would attribute to, to scotch. So I've uh, really been enjoying the 15. I've um, been drinking um, a lot of different these 12 to 15-year-old, 10 to 15-year-old whiskeys uh, from Scotland and have been enjoying a lot of them uh, just to kind of, you know, get back to
1: recalibrate. Recalibrate.
0: That's a great way because, I mean, I know I could pick up that Willit and I have and I, boom, you know, love it, great, got it. Um, but it does, single malt scotch does take a little the step back. It, you have to kind of uh, step back, which is actually, I guess, what we want to talk about today is about context.
1: Yes, yes, especially now as I sip my first bit of Knob Creek and it tastes like hangover. So <laughs> this is a great segue because I love Knob Creek. I find it to be extremely full-bodied. It's the balance of like the spice to the oak everything's really really good especially this with the single barrel i mean anything that's sort of barrel proof or you know up there in in proof um is a i'm a fan of but this one just like nails it i'm i'm really happy with this um today i'm not so happy with it today <laughs> i do not feel like i want this I do not feel like I want this one. I do not feel like I want anyone. And so, well, I think what we're getting at is the context in which you drink something can actually have a very, very, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but um, it, it kind of depends on like what's going on in your day, in your, like not just the glassware, it's not just the ice. It can also be like what, where you are, who you're with, who's paying, what like what's going on? <laughs> who's so. paying? I love it. So that, I heard, I read that somewhere. Oh, um, Heather Green, who's a whiskey writer, mm-hmm. um, she just wrote an article, um, and it did say something. Uh, men often ask, like, what what's the best whiskey? What's the best one? And she said, well, it depends on the the day, the time, who you're with, and who's paying. So
0: oh, that's a great quote. I, I that's like yeah, I read that article. It's a really really good quote. <laughs>
1: context
0: context context of whiskey uh whether whether you're out with friends whether you're out with family um you know that um if you're if your father or mother drink whiskey like that parental bond and what they drink and what that emotion that that drink comes to you um you know i think as a as a as a whiskey writer, uh, my job is to remove a lot of context from when I write about whiskey it's it's, it's to remove that emotional detachment. but as a whiskey lover, um, you really do develop these emotional attachments with whiskey and uh, every time you have that drink with a friend or you know with your spouse or with a parent um, that that emotional attachment is there, and so whatever you drink with your with your dad may not be. May not ever taste as good when you're drinking it on your own, uh, or it may taste even better because now you're you're, you're thinking of them. Uh, single malt Scotch, a great example of a drink I rarely ever drink socially. Um, uh, I've always ordered bourbon socially because I feel I can never really enjoy, uh, you know, 15 when I'm at a bar that's loud with a lot of people around and having a conversation. I feel that drink really becomes lost uh, because it doesn't it doesn't have enough of that loud personality. Whereas you know, you order your bullet. Damn, you're drinking Bullet. You're drinking your mm-hmm. Four Roses. You're drinking uh, Knob Creek or Booker's. Now you've got a drink that's really just occupying your attention in a loud room. Um, so, yeah, there's drinks. Um, yeah, and I think context is a big deal. Um, and sometimes we have, you know, preconceived notions about whiskeys, what we think about scotch or what we think about bourbon or what we think about Canadian whiskey. And that affects how we enjoy each of those uh, regional whiskeys.
1: Yeah, and I would also say – is. Uh, creating context is such a huge marketing piece for like distilleries as well. Um, that, you know, when you, when you go to a distillery there's a lot of effort put into, how many times have you gone to a distillery and you've done a tour and tried the whiskey and you're like, this stuff is great. And then you get home and you get a bottle of it and you're like, this is not what I remember. Uh uh So it's also like a business. Creating this like context and like making you feel a certain way so that you'll buy the whiskey.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, when you know, going going back to kind of the what I was looking, drinking a lot of single malt scotches in that 10 to 15 range, and I found you know a lot of them have um, such a similar profile that I don't like. You know, a lot of space sides in that in that ranged, uh, range, 12 year old range do really taste very similar. And and how do I possibly recommend, you know, one over another when um, the flavor almost isn't enough to make you pick one over another? It would really have to be, what do you think of the marketing? What do you think of the bottling? What do you think of, you know, what does that brand represent to you? And how do you feel drinking that? Because and the same – that's true with with American whiskeys as well. Like the, the flavors are so similar. Now now we're getting into something a little deeper, a little bit of that emotional connection. How do you want to be represented um, or how do you want to represent yourself when you're drinking that whiskey? Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, I mean a lot, I think a lot of whiskey purists would say that's terrible. You should just drink what tastes good. But, you know, a lot of whiskeys taste really good. I mean there's – whiskeys are just enjoyable in general. So now you take that step further and I've – Probably a lot of people have already incorporated these things into their mindset of what they drink, right? So we're really kind of deconstructing what you may or may not enjoy uh, because I feel like a lot of people that I talk to that drink certain whiskeys, they're like, this is what I like, and um, and that's great. And it's not a bad whiskey. It's, it's a good whiskey, and I don't know if any other whiskey will fit that role because there's already been that built-up emotional, historical um, relationship with that whiskey and what they're having.
1: There's a reason why certain whiskeys are packaged in a certain way and why they look a certain way and um, what that brings up for people and to discount it and say no no it's irrelevant isn't actually taking into consideration the whole picture which is I think so much part of it do people really collect whiskey to stash in a cupboard somewhere and never look at it like no you have to you have to acknowledge the fact that part of it is the look like the whole the whole package like you said like
0: yeah i'm I'm fascinated with whiskey bottles and um the way they look and the, the way they look inside the whiskey cabin because it does it is a representation um you know you could be a whiskey purist and have you know four or five really incredible whiskies, and somebody's going to come in there and be like oh you 've got your Delwini fifteen and your Glen twelve and you know you 've got your um you know you 've got your knob creek and you know and you 've got your redbreast twelve and that might sound that sounds like the most boring whiskey connection collection in the world you look go to the whiskey county be like oh okay that like that 's fine but, I mean all oh, really great whiskies one hundred percent would recommend all of them." um but you know you you it, it is a bit of a it is you know there's a reason why people chase the the pappies and the you know antique collections and these really rare uh you know angel envies and all these other whiskeys that are Becoming extremely rare. There's a reason why people chase those whiskeys, and it's more than the sum of the flavor. It really comes down to how great that looks. I mean, I I love that I have Pappy in the cabinet. Well, Van Winkle, in the cabinet. (laughs) Um, I think you know it it adds to it adds to the overall collection, and it does offer a unique flavor profile that other the whiskeys that I have uh, don't, don't necessarily have. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's definitely something to this.
1: And I think it was really interesting because you and I have really super similar taste in whiskey. Um, I Anything you've ever recommended to me, I've always liked. Um, but there's one that we don't agree on, which is a bourbon. It's the Maker's Mark Cask Strength. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to try it. And I went down to uh, Louisville um, while well, I was actually coming back up from Florida and um it was like the worst ride ever we were driving and it was like it was supposed to be a seven hour drive from where we were and it ended up being like a 13 hour drive we sat in like standstill traffic like people getting out of their cars for two hours the weather was horrible if you know like anything about the The weather in the states this year for some reason like like kentucky tennessee just got blasted and so we i had all these plans i was going to go to jim beam and and do all this stuff and we actually had to skip it all and run to um like straight to our hotel and check in because we were getting so desperate to be out of the car and so we went to oh i forget the name of this restaurant the St. Charles Exchange in downtown Louisville, and it was like slushy and snowy, and everyone's cold, and I was cold, even though I'm Canadian, I shouldn't be cold ever, (laughs) and I remember we went in, and they had Maker's Mark Cast Strength on the menu, and I was like, I will have one of those um, with a side of ice, so I had it neat. Mark, you should be praising me right now. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> no. Had I know it. better. I know better. I know better than to. Can, can you imagine? Could you put that on the rocks, please? Oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I'm an ice snob. Y'all should know I'm not an ice snob. Not at but, all. But no, not at all. But I had this drink and I was like, ah. like the honestly, the like heavens opened up and it was a light on my face and it was so delicious and it was, it was, it had a nice burn to it. It was really, really lovely. I found it to be well balanced. I just really liked all the flavors. Um, I was like so into this whiskey. And then I said to you like go, go, go and go try it. And then I listened to your podcast with Glenn and you were like blah hated <laughs> it. And I was like, oh no. So I wonder how much context had to do with well, my love And maybe your hate, like I don't know. It's weird that we didn't agree.
0: It is because we do. We do generally have. I mean, generally. Very agreeable palates, especially when it comes to bourbons, and I would say I would say Scotch as well. But we don't, uh, we, we generally overlap so heavily with our b- bourbon drinking that we we know each other better in that, that way. Um, yeah, and, and I guess my, my context was the exact opposite, right? Because I had uh, Maker's of Mars cast strength the next day, um, the previous uh, my second day in, in Kentucky, and the previous day you know did the, the Buffalo Trace tour. So I had stags and pappies and willits and mm. uh, you know rise and single barrels from bazillions of different uh, embarrassment um, of riches yeah and and then and then the next day um uh, that day i had uh more of the same um at at a liquor store that that had samplings and i was drinking uh i started just drinking elmer t lee everywhere i went because well, i was like oh i wouldn't elmer you t-. I know I mean, Elmer T. Lee is everywhere. So then we go to this bar, and they had Lortele. That's that's what I was going to go for. And then I flipped the room like, oh, you know, E ahead of M, right? I'm um, like, oh, they have Maker's Mark, cast strength. I'm like, yes, I need to try this. And um, and then it was just like, oh, a little disappointed. I didn't have an apl- – in and you know, I, I did mention that on a podcast. I'm like, I didn't have it in a proper tasting glass. So it's like a small rocks glass, um, which, which you know, we as we've talked about on the show does make a. a a difference in your tasting. So I, I would never consider it a very, um, a very deep, insightful, um, uh, tasting, but I, I thought it was uh, too young, um, not quite enough flavor, a little too hot. I, I would have liked to have put water in it, uh, which, you know, that's a pretty, pretty rare statement for me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Surprise. And that, that, yeah. And that was my, uh, that was my quick takeaway in that in like Saturday afternoon at a barbecue place
1: so funny i it was like 10 o'clock at night in the middle of a snowstorm and i'd been in the car for 13 hours so you never know i'd like to try it again it would be nice to get some in canada but they're not all about um you know bringing lots of different bourbons up here so i'm gonna have to wait till i go back down and see and have like a normal day and then see if i like it or not i don't mind maker's mark i know you're not a big fan um so that could also be part of it like i don't i don't mind it i agree with you that i think it could use a lot it could use some more like it could be so good if they just let it age a little bit longer like it, it the potential is there i love weeded weeded bourbons um and uh, but it can suffer from that that really um, that heat if it doesn't settle in that oak for long enough so i like that hot heat that like burny Heat. yeah yeah that like yeah. we tea like it's just it's there's too it's just too much so but I mean put it in a cocktail and like I'm happy um, and uh, I really do like their 46 too
0: yeah, I'm, I, I like the forty six. The Maker's Mark forty six has that extra oak to it. Uh, yeah. y- you know, we we uh, it, it goes back to that uh, where the where you get the the spicy notes in in a drink. So with uh, something like Bullet, you get that from the rye, especially, um, and a lot of older like ten year old bourbons, you'll get that from either the rye if it's a high rye bourbon, or you'll get that from the oak because you'll, you'll eventually get those spicy notes from that oak. Uh, Maker's Mark the 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 regular drink is a pretty young whiskey and it's a weeded whiskey, so you're getting almost no uh no conceivable spice there. Um, and I think the spice works well to balance out the alcohol. So then mm-hmm. you get the 46, it's a, it's a very, it's a super oaky drink. And now, um, even though it's a weeded bourbon, it does have a lot of character through the middle. Um, so I, I do like it. I like it that it's a thicker drink. It's It's got that, it's, it's got that thicker feel, mouthfeel to it. Um, whereas the regular Maker's Mark is a very, it's a thinner drink, um, doesn't have that interesting middle because it is weeded, doesn't have spent a lot of time in, in wood. Um, and it's really not my favorite for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the cast strength had just more of that for me. It was more of that, oh, where's, you know, I, I would, ex- I, I, I would I, see, I was thinking when they said, oh, Maker mark, mark cast strength, I was thinking the 46 at cast strength, which I, which I think I would 100% loved to no end. Mm. Um, actually, I think the 46 at cast strength would be ridiculous. I don't, I don't even know if it would be uh, drinkable. It probably would be insanely thick and Luscious and just a beautiful, beautiful drink. Uh, and we've talked about this before Maker's Mark, 12 year old. Why don't they do one? It would be amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be amazing. It'd be really good. Especially since, again, I've, this is an unfounded rumor and I've just heard it on the grapevine. So please don't quote me on it. But I have heard that the Maker's Mark recipe is the original Pappy Van Winkle recipe. So all it needs is a little bit more time.
0: Yeah, it needs a little bit more love. It's got to spend little a little more little time more in the love. barrels.
1: I have a, I have a weird question for you uh, uh-huh. because I mostly know um, American whiskey and I haven't really paid that much attention. So last night I told somebody to ask if there was any barrel-proof whiskeys at this tasting that they were at. And he came back and said, uh, yeah, he said that they're some of the ones that were having our cask strength. So barrel-proof is very clearly – an American whiskey term
0: it or, is yeah so it's, yeah
1: yeah because is it it is right
0: it, it is so yeah so Scotland somebody... typically says cast strength Yeah, okay. that's right okay yeah. okay
1: okay okay just curious because I as soon as I said it, I was like ugh, he's at a, a scotch tasting I totally just I made him look like an amateur. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, I
0: think I, 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 for both terms I, I, are used uh, equally. Um, I mean, it if it's Canada,
1: I just say whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Give me the strong one.
0: Exactly. Give us the most booze <laughs> in the smallest amount of liquid That's possible.
1: It. Give me uh, the one where I'll fall down afterwards.
0: <laughs> no, I yeah, it's it's, it's used interchangeably. They both mean the same because barrel proof basically means cast proof which means cast strength it's all the same because
1: they don't use again we use ABV and I always say proof because I just drink American whiskey and so it's when you learn about it you read about it and you look at the thing it's everything's proof so I sometimes I'm very bad at I'm very bad at at whole picture whiskey drinking I do Mm -hmm. get really focused on the American sort of whiskey style so I'll say something like barrel proof but I do know that they don't call them. They're not like. They call them casks in in Scotland, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I he- guess.
1: I've heard this, but I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I read it or if somebody told me. But they don't. They don't. Yeah, I don't know. I could be making that up. Maybe you should just cut this part out.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I is think, that
1: true? Um, like, is it barrel? Where did I hear that? Did I make that up? I might have made that up.
0: Yeah, casks and barrels are the same thing, essentially. I always Um, thought a
1: barrel was new and a cask was used. That's what what I, that's like, honestly, I feel like I was told that or I dreamt it one night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I don't, I don't, I don't actually think that's true. I think they're both used interchangeably. Um, So a cask is a large barrel-like container made of wood. (laughs) What's barrel (laughs) <laughs> a it's barrel back. is a cylinder bulge out of the middle. Traditionally made out of wood staves. Blah 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 blah. So there you go. A I cast like, is a barrel. I
1: like when they when it's it's a sherry butt because then you get to say the word butt. And it's funny.
0: <laughs> I know sherry butt. Who, who who thought of that? Like hey, I don't know. so I like my whiskeys age in sherry butts because <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh, you said butt. <laughs> exactly. Like where did this come from? Come on. <laughs> Oh. oh, I know. Like for the longest time, I was like, why, "Why do they call them butts?" I don't get it. What's going on? I don't
1: know. I don't know. But, but it does come
0: down to like uh, measurements as well, like how yeah, big. Sherry, sherry, is. sherry butts
1: are big,
0: right? Yeah. Exactly. But but a share but a butt and the. Oh, you, you is said butts so many
1: times, Mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. You raised the topic, <laughs> but but
1: but but but.
0: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Hold on. What what does dictionary say about butts? <laughs> Uh, not a uh, verb uh, as a noun no no yeah no that's not even in the dictionary hilarious. it's like Petey you know Petey is not in the dictionary as much as I um it's one of those things that you uh, you write a lot as a whiskey writer but it's not really you know it's one of those things that uh, the dictionary automatically corrects you can't possibly say Petey it's Pete yeah you have to add that one to the dictionary
1: they d- yeah a hundred percent it's that seems irritating
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you always
1: get that squiggly red line under it.
0: Not as irritating as writing out every whiskey distillery ever and um, having to be like, Dalwinnie. Yes, I really Dalwinnie
1: Oh, Hey, someone told me once when, so, sorry, not to totally hijack your thought, but no, I was no. just like, hey, Dalwinnie. I was at a party and somebody said to me, if you had the choice between drinking uh, a insert bourbon here or any 15 what would you choose and I was like well obviously I would choose the bourbon he's like wrong answer and I was like excuse yourself no I will uh, <laughs> hey come on, oh give me a break that's my taste Jeez.
0: yeah that's a terrible thing to say now
1: <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this I don't think so
0: wow that, that's a really rude thing for somebody to say
1: I was like it's not the wrong answer it's the right answer it's my answer Go to exactly
0: have. you can't you can't you can't be oh that's terrible
1: Psh. Ah. single malt scotch drinkers just kidding <laughs> so snobby just kidding
0: <laughs> so snobby with our dalwini <laughs> 15 year old Dalwhinnie
1: 15 oh i'm drinking knob creek <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is why scotch drinkers have a bad reputation
1: i know like, it's
0: true like so what snobby. is this dalwini you're drinking i'm having a knob creek
1: yeah i'm in a knob creek get in on it 120
0: thought- proof
1: that I thought was hilarious
0: when yeah. Davin came on the show and I thought he was going to be uh, all very like pick out something like really insanely old and stupidly great and he was like fireball rye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It's so awesome. I want to get whatever. Awesome. I want to I want to search his his whiskey cabinet one day.
0: So my, my dream is to do um uh, uh like a, a podcast or a show that's like invading your whiskey cabinet and just hey, like hey
1: that's be, so fun what a great knocking, idea
0: it is a great idea see I, my my thing is if I if I go into anybody's house with a camera crew they'll just let me in they're just like oh my guy's got a camera crew and you like walk into people's homes and like start like cracking all their great whiskeys like so what about this one this one looks great I just start pouring in. in yeah. and what, what are people gonna do they're just be like well I was gonna have dinner but some guy showed up with a camera crew like obviously i'm gonna just pour him whatever he wants yes. by the way who the fuck is this mark bylock guy and what the <laughs> hell is he doing in my place but he's got a camera crew so i don't care
1: <laughs> that's actually a great idea don't show up at my house though unless you know i'm wearing pants
0: <laughs> well we don't we don't record our podcast wearing pants we no. everybody knows this nobody records podcasts wearing pants no why
1: why actually uh, one of these days you're gonna accidentally video call me and it's gonna be a disaster i'm sure
0: I almost video called you today. I, oh I, like, my I was God. pressing it's, the button I'm like whoa.
1: Almost. Oh no. A mission. You do not need to see what's going on today. This hangover face is like puffy. I'm like, it's not good. But one of these days it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. And I'm gonna I just accept it because that's what I, I don't even look. Right, like, right. I'm just like busy like fussing with things on the desk and then the call comes through and I just hit accept and like one of these days it's gonna be like, Oh no,
0: Oh no, I'm pantless and my hair looks terrible. Oh
1: my god, so terrible! It's so bad. I'm scary right now. It's pretty scary.
0: I I have um my uh, my hair in the morning is I don't know why it does this, but it just it stands up straight up. I look like an anime character. (laughs) So (laughs) whenever I whenever I travel with guy friends, um, uh, they they just like look at me. They're like, "Mark, your hair." I'm like, "I know." So good, like an anime character. I get it. Awesome. I get it. That's awesome. You should use that
1: to your advantage. I don't yeah. know how that would happen.
0: M- many a girls have giggled at my hair in the morning.
1: Aw, that's so sad.
0: I know. That's mean. No. People that is shouldn't mean.
1: laugh at people's hair. <laughs> You're just trying your best to get by. What else?
0: exactly? <laughs> <laughs> it's morning. <laughs> Come on, people. It's morning. Oh.
1: Give me a break. Yeah.
0: So I started reading uh, *The Bourbon Empire: Past and Future of American Whiskey* It's, out. R- it,
1: it's out now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. By
0: by, Reed Mittenbuehler, Mittenbuehler, Mittenbuehler. Oh, I hate reading people's names. Uh, Reed, nice guy. Uh, I've been tra- chatting with him on email. Um, uh, bourbon Empire. Uh, really, so far, it's it's started out just like in the right tone. Um, especially after uh, last week's podcast when Glenn and I talked about the laws and, and 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 Davin as well, like how Bourbon came to be and and all the politics behind it. Um, Reed, uh, just right off the bat, I'm only like you know I don't know like. I read everything on Kindle, so it's like 8 or 10% in, but um, it's just a really great storyteller of the uh, Bourbon Empire uh, uh, and how, you know, from start start to finish. Uh, really good book, and it's been selling ridiculously well. Uh, definitely, so far, rec- I recommend the book. Um, I know there's a couple of articles that were written about it that were very um, trolly. I guess.
1: Mm.
0: yeah. Um, there was that article that somebody wrote, and I can't remember what uh, which publication it was. Uh, but like Glenn, like texted me, he's like, "What? What, what is this?" Uh, and the article went on to say, "Oh my God, Knob Creek and Booker's are both made by Jim Bean. Ah, oh my. <laughs> which is why I emailed Reed. I'm like, "Hey, so um, what's your opinion on this?" And um, but but Reed's like very much, uh, you know, like the books t- tones, and seems to be like very much like. You know, big, big, big distributors make a really fantastic whiskey. They figured out the formula, the science. They've, they've got a good handle on making whiskey. Um, I, I don't know if the whole Jim Beam bookers and Knob Creek is really an issue in the book. It's just probably more mentioned in the book. Um, but, yeah, really uh, really good book so far. Um, cool. Looking forward to reading it. And at the pace that I read books, I'll probably be done in, I don't know, four months.
1: Oh, you know. That's fine. Yeah. There's no rush. And,
0: you know, uh, we should give a shout-out to Beaumont Inn. Uh, Beaumont Inn.
1: Yes, we should.
0: Um, so <gasps> so first of all, no no, 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 no. No, no. First, before you mention the obvious. Damn. Um, they were the uh, number one rated B&B in Harrisburg. Nice. According to TripAdvisor, which, you know, is a, is a big deal. But there's only five B&Bs in all of Harrisburg. And if you've ever been to Harrisburg, I mean, it's not a big town. No. So they, they had this award for a long time, being the number one ranked TripAdvisor in B&B. But what else did they win? They won the, us, the,
1: the James Beard Award
0: amazing this is amazing Amazing.
1: it's amazing and you can see why
0: absolutely so if you've been listening to this podcast um we we've talked about them before we're like hey and and to be fair jamie you've talked about them to me i I only i stayed there because you were like this is a great place to stay i'm like okay i'll stay there and it was fantastic um and i were just sitting on a porch at one of the uh one of the rooms drinking our four roses on rocking chairs and perfect Pretty perfect memorable day after a fantastic dinner um at the Beaumont Inn and now it wanted James Beard award, which is a really big deal. huge
1: deal. A huge deal. Yeah. It's so exciting for them because it's um it's a very sort of like down home place, right? It's not it's 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 home cooked meals and it's very Kentucky and it's very old. It's very cool. It was um it used to be a woman's school. And like um, the, the stuff that they have in there left over from when it was a school is just is so cool. It's just such an awesome, awesome place to be. Um, and so we're really happy for them. This is so yeah. great. They also make really good cat's head biscuits, which are basically just biscuits, but they're as big as a cat's head.
0: Yes. We had – Glenn and I had those the next morning. That, that's they're a great so description. They're so good. And then
1: the, they have those like corn cakes with um, – yep. oh my god, they're so good. Oh, I'm so hungry.
0: No, <laughs> they they do a great job. I, I still yes. feel bad for, uh, for for being all dramatic with the bartender after he finished off that one bottle of Taylor's single barrel and then just opened up another single barrel I can't and folded it. it on top. It seems
1: like something that we should just – like just – should not have happened
0: I it mean, was five dollar taylor taylor was being I sold for fifteen dollars everywhere else i, I know play.
1: i know there it's crazy there and that's why you want to go like the list is so good their bourbon list is so good and it is super 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 well priced crazy well priced so yeah uh, go for Just, it.
0: Um, um, and, and I know um, I know Glenn's planning to do a, a bachelor party through there, so he's planning to go there. Just the one, the one thing I, I will say is there is nothing to do there after no. 9 p.m. Things close down. Perfect. That's it.
1: That's exactly why I like it.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what... why Glenn and I were sitting on the porch drinking our four roses going like, oh, what do we do now? I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I
1: can't believe you guys didn't go to bed.
0: No, no. <laughs> Hey, Actually, I mean- that was at 11 o'clock. We, we ended up driving the 20 minutes to the to a nearby uh, bar, had a drink, and <laughs> came back. You guys <laughs> just are to- so
1: funny. And you pro- and how much did you spend on gas and then drinking in another bar when you could have gone and had more $5 Taylor? I'm just saying.
0: Well, they weren't serving $5 Taylor because they were closed. at 9 o'clock. Oh. oh, really? Yeah.
1: Do you know how funny it is that I didn't even know it closed at 9 o'clock because I'm probably <laughs> already asleep?
0: <laughs> You're already <laughs> You're like, 8.30, time to go to bed, and...
1: <laughs> 8.30? Dang, I'm usually watching the Food Network in my room by 8.30. Oh
0: no, I'm just God. kidding.
1: Actually, when we go there, we uh, usually move from dinner, which is always at a reasonable hour. No. Mm-hmm. Um, we go from dinner, and then we get a to-go um, pours. So, right, sure. Yeah, so we just got them to like pour us. I can't remember what I had when I was there. I mean, what didn't I have? So... um yeah, we just got them to... Is there a giant plane flying outside? What's happening? What? Whoa.
0: I don't hear anything.
1: It's like a giant plane just took off from the island airport.
0: Oh, oh.
1: I wonder if that's part of the movie.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Sorry,
1: super easily distracted. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so and then we would just take our, our pores into the the little living room and there was a fire going and it was just all very lovely and it, yeah it's a great spot the staff is amazing i c- i cannot say enough and if you go there and you don't do a tasting with dixon a punch you in the face
0: yeah th- there's just no point living after that like come on dixon <laughs> come on you gotta do a tasting. you gotta he's, do he's,
1: a tasting with dixon
0: yeah, the yeah man he, his stuff. he does he does uh and he's so super nice like super nice super and nice. knowledgeable yeah. and just you get you get a great sense of the whiskey world from them. Yeah. yeah they um yeah i i've been doing this thing lately where when i travel um w- with a couple of people we we do the we we the first thing we do is we buy the kind of like the hotel or the airbnb bourbon mm-hmm. um so glenn and i had that four roses uh O-S-K. um you know like when i went to vegas i did like bullet uh, i always have like that hotel bourbon that you just kind of like sip through out the weekend spent and I think that's a nice 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 tradition that I'm gonna keep going um keep going with
1: I think it's great I think that's really good although if you <laughs> when we were driving back up uh or down I think it was back up through again that disaster of a road trip I mean it wasn't disastrous but the weather sucked so bad and we got to our next destination and um, Trent and I sat down in the restaurant and we were both like we just would like a big beer we don't care what kind of beer just bring us beer and they were like oh you're in a dry county
0: and oh
1: I Trent started laughing because he thought she was joking <laughs> And I'm like staring at him I'm like, this isn't funny. What's wrong with you? And I'm looking around at like other people's tables. And it's like lemonade, iced tea. And I'm like, no, what have we done? And I was like, wait, so we can't get a drink anywhere here? Like I really needed oh. to clarify what that meant. And she's like, no, it's Sunday. So like you can't buy liquor. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'll have a lemonade. <laughs> it's only been like 15 years since I've ordered a lemonade at Yeah. It's but yeah. So anyways, that is that is the reason why you get your bottle and you bring it with you from place to place to place.
0: I feel like there should be an app for that where like there's the app just lays dormant on your phone all the time and the moment you're at a dry county your screen goes red <laughs> dry dry hurry, hurry, dry hurry. get out get out, get out. Oh, and, and then it goes back to sleep then it goes like for another year you don't hear about this app then you're like driving to Kentucky yes. or, uh, and then dry
1: I think that's a Please. great idea you should probably you should probably delete that from the podcast so nobody steals it you can make it a million <laughs> right. dollars
0: The a kickstarter idea that's right yeah. that's yeah. right
1: yeah um well that was fun that was yeah. great. We that was
0: a great chat. Absolutely, thank you, Jamie, so much. Thanks, Mark. Um, so, you're uh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me at Bourbon Thing,
0: and I'm Mark Bylock. If you can find me at M A R K B Y L O K on Twitter, or that's my website as well. dot com. There you go. Nice and easy.